We're excited to have a ministry spotlight um, to talk about some of the missions that we support here at Heartland. One has been Bluebird Bus of Hope. We recently had a pancake day where they came and um, we worked together with them and something really amazing came out of it. I'm not sure if they're gonna speak about that today, but I'm gonna introduce Polly and Walter. You can at least stand up. Good morning. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you. You probably don't know that I've been waiting for a year for this. <laughs> so um, as she said, I'm Polly. That's my husband, Walter. I also have Cheryl and her husband, Aaron, that's in the back uh, that you guys have the opportunity to meet later. Um, so it was a little over a year ago, Goshen, uh, really suffered some from devastating tornadoes. I'm sure you guys were here for that. And um, there was a woman that was going around Facebook and really doing everything that she could for the Goshen community, was gathering people, giving out resources, gathering resources, and doing everything that she could. And that woman was Amy Trent. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> So at that same time, I was looking for the bus, the first bus stop for Bluebird. So I thought, this lady looks like the lady I need to talk to if I want to have a bus stop in Goshen. So I reached out to her on Facebook, and without really knowing me, she said yes, that I could park in your parking lot. So <laughs> I was super blessed and super grateful uh, for that. So Heartland was actually the first bus stop for Bluebird, and you guys will be going down in history for that. So yes. <laughs> and to this day, the Goshen bus stop in Heartland is the busiest bus stop that we have. Uh, we have had a great turnout. Since you guys are so north of Claremont County, there's a lot of people that are driving 30 to 45 minutes from Warren and Butler County to come down to us. And so we are very, very, very grateful to be able to be here at Heartland. So what is Bluebird? I'm not going to assume that everybody knows. Our mission is to bridge the gap between resources in the community and the most um, accessible way while revolutionizing the community's value on life. Now, I was told this morning that that mission was very vague. <laughs> so I'll break it down a little bit. So it started about, well, December, not this past December, but the December before. At that point in time, I have worked over a decade in ministry and nonprofit. I was serving at my what I call my dream job that I waited for many, many years to get at. It was great being able to get a paycheck for the first time after you've been doing ministry work for over a decade for free. <laughs> and I still felt this urge and calling from God that I was supposed to do something else more. I was supposed to go out into the community. I was supposed to get out of a bricks and mortar building. So I came home and I told my husband, well, what if we just got a school bus and we went out on the weekends? And I have started other nonprofits and ministries before, but this time I wanted to like take my time. So I just told him that we were gonna have like a two year time to make a plan for Bluebird. 
and it was two days later that he brought the bus home. So I just decided to go with it, and God truly laid the way for and the path and just opened up door after door after door for us to move way faster than I could have ever imagined. So why do we call the Bluebird Bluebird? I'd like to start there. So it was 2006. Me and my husband had just got married. We had our first baby, and I was pregnant, and we really, really struggled to make ends meet. We lived down in the village of New Richmond. I call it my barefoot and pregnant years. And uh, he worked two jobs. I did my best to take care of our daughter and really try to provide like a mother and a wife should. Um, I remember that I went into IGA down in New Richmond and I had $21 to pay for groceries for that entire week. And I was just like, God, I remember the aisle I was standing in, where I was at, I asked him not to let me ever forget that moment of standing there so I could help someone one day when they are in that position. I did have a, a guardian angel, a guidance of a grandmother who loves her grandma. I could, <laughs> I have been very blessed with two grandmas that were huge impacts in my life. So this grandma would show up occasionally at our house and bring us groceries. Uh, she would constantly try to get me to go out and get resources. And there's a stigma and judgment that comes along sometimes when you reach out for help. And that is exactly what I was experiencing. Like, that resource isn't for me, that's for other people that really need it. And so it stopped me from going out to get what I needed. Well, one day she showed up at my house and she said, I schedule you appointment for WIC, get in the car, we're going. And so we went to WIC and I got my coupons, didn't have to worry about food on the table, was able to get what I needed to feed our family. And she also connected me to HEAP, which paid for our oil, which we lived in this very old building that heated with oil. And if you know, oil is a fortune. So she was able to do that for me. My grandma's favorite bird was the bluebird. And she passed away in 2020. And between my heartache of losing her, I really wanted to do something to remember her forever. So I looked up what bluebird meant and the meaning and symbolism kind of went along with new life, happiness, joy. I'm like, that's exactly what I want to name this bus, Bluebird, the Bluebird Bus of Hope. So what does the bus do, actually? <laughs> well, the bus that's your, usually parked in your parking lot is a cafe bus, and we meet with people one-on-one, -on -one, offering mentorship and connecting them to free resources. Since we started with that bus, we started a second bus and that is a classroom. And we take that bus out and we try to teach life skills and important, um, you know, just educational things that people know, need to know, like financial budgeting, thing like, things like that. We're getting that launched uh, next month. Then we have a third bus, which is just for transportation, where we pick people up. You might have seen that we were here just at Heartland not too long ago. We picked people up in a community in Amelia and brought them all the way to the food pantry. And then we took them to Kroger's. Um, that is actually a really fun group. My husband Walter leads it. He's their favorite. I don't think he's willing to give that transportation <laughs> up. 
Um, they're a really fun group, and they really, you know, created a community on the bus together. So now he started to let them vote what other store besides the pantry do they get to go to, and it is a, an extreme outing for them because transportation is a problem. That is the reason why we do what we do is because in Claremont County and rural areas, it can take 35 to 45 minutes to get to one resource, let alone the next and the next and the next. So our job is to collaborate with other resources and services and provide those to the guests that come on the bus and provide community to those people. So I wanted to talk about two different things that has happened since Bluebird Bus of Hope and Heartland Christian Church has joined together or partnered together. So the two words that I really want you guys to remember that is important today is collaboration and community. So collaboration is when two or more organizations come together and they make a bigger impact. So it was right after we started, we did do a pancake drive on our own, and it was a complete failure. <laughs> it was so bad. I think we had like two people that showed up. It was just awful. We had, we had all the resources we needed. We had the great location. We had um, all the volunteers. We had at least 20 volunteers that came out that day, and we didn't have anyone show up. We spent a lot of money on advertising, on Facebook, everything, and no one showed up for free pancakes. So uh, Amy kind of knew about this. And so like in the springtime, she invited us to do the pancake day with you. So yes, Bluebird Bus of Hope and um, Heartland were able to collaborate together, but we also collaborated with Lakeshore Estates. So by all three of us coming together in one place, we were able to make, thanks honey. <laughs> we were able to make a huge impact in the community. So we were not only, we served a lot of children and families while we were there. It was great uh, serving along the side with Heartland because they were able to offer more ministry and prayer, and that's always wonderful. But while we were there, we met a woman named Michelle. And Michelle was living in her car, and she stayed for the entire event in her car. She showed up right, before, right after we set up, and, and she was in her car with her dog. She had been evicted back at the end of May. She was in the James Saul's homeless shelter for 30 days, and she just was dismissed from the homeless shelter because they have a 30-day limit. And so she was back in her car for a couple of nights. Uh, she's a widow. Um, she had run into a, just a series of bad luck and bad experiences. Uh, she had health issues. She had a, I think it was a broken foot at the time. Um, so she's living in her car with her dog, really doesn't have much, and was completely hopeless at that point in time. In addition to this, she also had an eviction on her um, record, so that made it even more difficult to be able to find her place. But that day, like I said before, Heartland was there to be able to offer prayer and spiritual guidance, be able to tell her about the food pantry, and then Bluebird was able to pay for two nights for her to stay in a motel, and she came to the bus stop, because we had a bus stop that following Monday here at Heartland. And 
when she came, we were able to connect her with a mentor to kind of just calm her nerves down and come up with an action plan and a future vision of where she wanted to be. And throughout that week, we were able to connect with a apartment building that was in Felicity. Now, Michelle had already tried to get into this apartment building, but since she had an eviction on her record, people really don't want to, uh, to rent to people with evictions, especially if it was recent. I asked her, I said, do you mind if I call the apartment place and just speak on your behalf? She's like, sure, go ahead. Like, it's completely useless. Well, when I called her, I tried to explain who we were, you know, what Michelle's situation was, and really just kind of expressed emotionally, like, how important this apartment would be to her. Well, when I called, I wasn't the first person that called. I was the second organization that called. The first organization that called was Greater Cincinnati Behavioral Health. And they were vouching for Michelle as well. But at that point in time, they were still saying no. But once Bluebird called, now they have two organizations that are vouching for this woman. So they're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to let her come. If you can bring the application and the application fee, which Michelle did not have an application fee, um, then we will go ahead and take her. So we drove. She was staying in her car in Loveland. So we drove out to Loveland, got her to get the application filled out, drove all the way to Felicity, paid for her application fee, and she moved in in a few days. Now everything seemed to be great. Well, then she calls me crying one day because she realized the electric had to go in her name, but she had back and a back electric bill because to not go into more detail, but she basically was in the hospital for a series, for, for a while. So she, not only did she get evicted, she wasn't able to pay her bills, then she got evicted, didn't have access to her, her bills. So she had a electric bill of $1,000. And if she didn't pay that electric bill, she couldn't get the electric in her new apartment in her name, so therefore she would have been evicted. So I sent an email out to a few other organizations that I know, and that led me in the direction. Well, actually, I forgot. James Sauls came through, and they paid for a deposit in the first month's rent for her. So, I mean, I don't know if anybody's counting all this. I think we're on the fifth organization that collaborated to help this one woman. <laughs> so James Sauls paid for the deposit and the rent first month's rent for her to move in. So then I sent out that email and I got a response back saying that Metropolitan Housing had some funds and they paid the $1,000 for that electric bill. So she was able to stay there and get the electric in her name. Now she had everything taken from her because when she was in the hospital and they evicted her, they moved all of her stuff out and she had nothing left. So when I mean nothing, she didn't have a sheet. She didn't have a blanket. She was covering up with the clothes that she had in a bag. Um, she didn't have anything that she needed at her new apartment. But she was very, very grateful to be able to finally have a place to live and to be out of her car. So I sent out another email, and that response came back as a pastor that was in Felicity. It was a Felicity Methodist church, and his name was Pastor Robert. And so then he started connecting with Michelle and providing those small essentials that was needed. So when we collaborate together, we are creating community. I can't, I love that story about Michelle because it was just one person that we were able to serve, but it, would, it was probably, 
it, it was probably at least five to 10 organizations that helped her and so many other people that were rallying around her to make you know, all this happen for her. And she truly did not feel alone anymore and she felt like she had hope. And that is because of the collaboration and the community. So why is community so important? Why did you create a community garden? Is it because people just wanted fresh produce? Probably not. I have a feeling there's something behind a community garden. There's more people showing up to be able to serve in the garden. I heard from Amy that some people that weren't even attending service on Sunday were out there helping with the garden. And because people need to feel needed and they need to be able to feel like they belong in a community. So 95% of the guests that come on the bus, we give, them an we give everyone an assessment test to say, here's 40 to 50 questions that we're gonna ask you, and then the test tells us what resources are most beneficial to that person. Well, out of at least 95% of the guests that we serve, and their top three needs, when there's like 15 different needs, community is in 95% of people of the top three of their needs. That is free. And I always say this, that church is where we get our community for free. So that is always like my first question with someone, well, where is your local church? Because that's where they are able to find free community. So also when guests come on the bus, we ask them in that assessment test, if it was your birthday, do you have someone to celebrate with you? And a lot of people say no. And again, that's free. We can celebrate with each other on their birthday like we did Dylan, wherever D Dylan went. There you are, Dylan. <laughs> celebrate his birthday today. So I always get this question here recently from other organizations because a lot of people in the community that are at other agencies, they find it shocking that community is the biggest need. It's not mental health resources. It's not addiction resources. It's not financial resources. It's not homelessness. When those are all crises and things that we face, it's community. So. I wanted to kind of add in this little story. Well, why would it be financial? Like, why does financial resources affect community when I'm telling you community is free? Well, years ago, right when me and my husband were coming out of like this struggle financially, we were at church and we started to notice like we didn't really want to go out with friends because we didn't have money for it. Well, I met a woman that was wiser than me at church, and she said that she was in a financial crisis with her husband and her family, and she found her community that she had at that time, and she was just so fearful that these people wouldn't understand their financial circumstances, that she was scared to be friends with them. And so one day, the one couple, um, in the very beginning of the relationship, reached out and said, hey, would you guys like to go out to dinner? And she's like, I don't know why. I just spoke the truth. And I was like, I don't have money. I can't go out. Like, we don't have the money to go out to dinner tonight. And right away, this woman, without hesitation, said, oh, we'll just come to my house and we'll have a game night and we'll order a pizza. The pizza's on us. And that right there is how financial status can affect us not wanting to seek community and that's how we are all able to provide community is by just paying for that large pizza 
large cheese pizza and inviting people over for a board game night, something that is, you know, free. So these organizations are asking me, like, well, why do you think it's community? Like, I'm so confused. Like, well, well why is it community? What, what are you seeing? Well, besides the fact that people are struggling with mental illness and all these other things, it's really a lack of identity. And it's a lack of self-worth. And Bluebird, I've been in ministry for a long time, and Bluebird is a whole different ballpark. Um, I don't know if any of you heard of Samuel Schumacher's uh, I Stand by the Door. That's your guys' homework for today. So it's, it's a great poem about how some people are meant to be inside of the door, inside of the church, way deep in the church with the leaders and the saints and the prophets. And some people are supposed to be more closer to the door and grabbing the hands of people that walk past the door and are too scared to come in, and just encouraging them and welcoming them to come in. And I truly believe that's what Bluebird is, is a stand-by-the-door type organization. So we really, really have the opportunity to help people get plugged into a community to find their worth, to find their identity, because that's all we want, is to be able to have an identity and be confident of who we are. Well, who do we find our identity from? Good job, Dylan. <laughs> it's truth. So that's what we see. We see people that have a lack of identity because they don't know who God is, and they don't know their worth and their value in God. And so... It's hard for me to explain that to secular organizations and other nonprofit organizations. So typically, I just explain to them that it's lack of identity, but we know what identity that means. So Bluebird is offering more than just resources. Heartland, when you're working with us, are offering more than resources, more than just items in your food pantry, more than just a community garden. We're offering hope. We're offering community, and we're offering it to people one life at a time. We're not taking people and just, we're not about numbers. And that's something that hurts a nonprofit. <laughs> when you say, I really don't care if we just show up for one person to provide pancakes to that day. It's costly. <laughs> but we believe that God can move bigger mountains and do bigger things than what we can in just one person's life. And a lot of the times we'll get people to say, oh, why don't you go downtown? Why don't you, there's thousands of people that you can serve down there. Well, I know that. And there's ministries and organizations down there to serve those people. I grew up in New Richmond. I grew up in a rural area. Claremont County is my home. And you know, we, we just drove out to the Gorgian Natural Bridge, and there's wonderful small towns that are down in, you know, the Appalachia area and Kentucky and all of that. There's wonderful towns in Goshen and Williamsburg and New Richmond, where we are at right now. Um, but, you're, but we're lacking resources and hope that we can provide to each other just by collaborating and just by being in community with each other. So I am so grateful for everything that Heartland has done. I, what I think is so special about you guys 
you can probably remind me, one of the songs that we sang this morning, I'm not here for blessings. And I was like, this is like Heartland's anthem. Like, (laughs) this is your anthem. You have no idea, like, really what you guys have been doing by just putting out a few things here and there and just connecting with a few people in your community one at a time. So today, even though you're not asking for blessings, can I pray over you and give you blessings? Okay. God, I am so grateful for Heartland, and I'm so grateful for everyone in this room and for their heart to serve their community. And I am so grateful that you have guided their steps in making big things happen in a small church and a small town and impacting so many lives just one life at a time. And I ask that you continue to just work in each and every one of us, in our hands, and our feet, and our hearts, and continue to bring people to us that you want us to serve and that you want us to bring hope to and help us guide their hand into this church and into your kingdom and help us just show them the mirror of where their identity is, and that is in you. And I am so grateful, and I just put blessings on every single person and family in this room. I'm so grateful for every single one of them, Lord. And I just ask that you bless their families, bless their children, bless the families that are not here today and continue to do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I will say that Cheryl is going to be here with her husband, Aaron, and they're going to be out at the bus. We encourage every one of you, if you haven't already, to walk through the bus. If you are somebody that could really use an appointment with us, I encourage you to just go online and schedule, and we would love to chat with you sometime. Um, We're here. Oh, gosh, help me. (laughs) The fourth the fourth Saturday of every month with the following Monday. So um, just, you know, get online and schedule an appointment. If you have a friend that uh, you think would benefit from being on the Bluebird, send them the information. Encourage them to sign up because we've had a couple of people sign up their friends and they had no idea what the heck was going on. So don't do that. Explain to them what the Bluebird is um, before uh, they come on the bus. And if you're interested in volunteering and join us, we our two biggest needs right now are bus drivers and mentors. So we truly do need mentors on the bus, and that is people that are just willing to listen. Um, if you're a good listener, then you are fully qualified. Um, so I encourage you to just get, you know, reach out to us, and we would love to have you. All right, that's it for me. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. We are so blessed to be in partnership with you.